Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode, I sat down with Junaid Iqbal, who's the creator of NoDegree.com. He's also the creator of the No Degree Podcast, which, hey, what are you doing? You got to stop this podcast. You need to go download that one and listen to his latest episode over there. Junaid was incredible. We really hit it off. One of my favorite guests as of late. I think you're going to love this episode. Here comes your good advice. Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Blake Benz Podcast. I got Junaid Iqbal on the show today. He's the founder of NoDegree.com. He has his own podcast called the No Degree Podcast. This is the guy you want to talk to if you want to get a killer resume and be an awesome interviewer. Junaid, thanks for being here today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, and you know, it's so funny. You and I have never talked before, so this, this conversation could go anywhere, why don't we start with, uh, let's talk about nodegree.com. So, I mean, it, it's in the name. I, I help people <laughs> without college degrees find meaningful jobs that pay well. I started it just because so many people without college degrees think they don't have a lot of opportunity. And I'm not talking about the pyramid schemes and those things you see on Craigslist. I'm talking about legitimate <laughs> opportunities where you get paid well, you have a career, you have career progressions, you, you can make good money. And you provide value to society. So it's like a lot of these jobs are not things you think about off the top of your head. Like who thinks about becoming a claims adjuster when you grow up? But the fact mm. is they do provide value. And when you're <laughs> helping someone to claim, it's good. So it's like, I like introducing people to different careers. That's why I launched the podcast to interview those without college degrees and have them share their story so others can get inspired by it. Yeah. Well, and so let's just go straight to the meat of it, man. Let's, yeah. I'm just going to drill right to the hard hitting question. Yeah. Let's go. I'm is, ready. Is college for everyone? Of course not. And just because I'm the founder of No Degree, I'm not anti-college. I just think that... Co so colleges are in the business of education. So you have to... It's a business decision when you go to college. A lot of people don't treat it like a business decision. <laughs> they treat it like, hey, I'm just going to drop this much money, no plan, and I'm going to go. Like if someone's 18 years old, they've always done well in school, they have a plan, they have a scholarship, I'm going to say go to college. That's the right decision for you. Now you get a lot of people who are like, hey, terrible in school, didn't pay attention, they didn't like that stuff, and then they go to college. What they do is they spend two years on their iPad in classes and drop out. Mm -hmm. That's someone who's not. And then there are other people who are hardworking, but it's just not for them. It's just they don't, it takes them longer to get the same grades. And, you know, they prefer working with their hands or they're just better at other things. It's like you you know, you put me on a dance floor, I look like an idiot. You know, you asked me to do a resume, I'm good at that. People have different skills and that's fine. Yeah. You need all types of jobs in society. And the well, fact is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Go no, and no, finish. I, I, oh, well, I'm, I'm I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just, I get yeah. excited whenever I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm all about it. I saw the excitement. I had to stop. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So I, I used to be, uh, so 10 years ago, I was a high school teacher. And I yeah. remember um, it was, it was inner city Houston. And man, there was just like, the big metric was we're going to have 100% of our kids 
uh, commit, accepted and committed to going to a four-year university. Oh, man. And I just remember thinking like, and actually here's what's really wild. We had a welding program at our school. Oh, thank and, you so much. Um, well, we were moving this group of kids towards getting their certification and there was a lot of pushback. It was like, no, we need to get them enrolled. And it was like, there was this weird deal around, do we really want to send these kids to college when once they have their certification, they can already be earning great money they can already have a great job. But, but instead, there's this weird dialogue around, if you're not going to college, then you know, you're, not as, you're not as successful. There's something wrong with your career path. You know, it's like, it, it's crazy because if the kids were passionate, if the kids were doing well, that's what they wanted to do. Why would you stop them? Obviously, look, there are pros and cons of every career. So, you know, they should know what they're getting into. But why stop them? It's mm-hmm. like, why turn that kid who's a great welder and turn them into someone who's going to go two years, get the loans and drop out? And they're probably still going to go back to welding. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. it's like, why waste two years? And the fact is, you never know, because some kids may weld three, four years and they're like, look, you know what? I actually want to go back to school because I know I can progress further as a welder if I get my degree in construction management or if I do this thing. And now when they're going, they have more direction. 18-year-olds, are a lot of them are aimless. I see them all the time. There are 25-year-olds, 30-year-olds that are aimless. The worst thing to do is tell someone to put them in the institution that Mm. doesn't guide them well, that doesn't really have the resources because I know the career services at most schools, they suck, right? I do resumes for a living. Most, I've... I don't think I've ever seen a resume that was pr- very good out of college. Mm. You know, I just don't. You see okay resumes. Not, some of them are not, you know, it's not like they're all bad, but it's just like, why is there pushback? You know, it's like there should be pushback. There's no pushback against the prices because if you, if you commit to having every kid go to school, you know what a school's going to say? Good. I'm going to raise my prices. That's yeah. all that happens. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's funny because like, and, you know, I, and just like you, I'm not, I'm not anti-college. I mean, I, yeah. I have... I have spent so many years <laughs> yeah. in, in college. And so, and as a but, teacher, you need to, right? Yeah, I well, teach, yeah. You know, I mean, and people, and it's, you know, and again, I think sometimes we have to break the stereotype of people who don't go to college are breaking the stereotype that they are less aspirational, that they have less motivations, that they have yeah. less desires. It's, it's, and it's not levels of achievement. It's not, oh, people who really want to achieve go to college and people who, are just content or average yeah. don't. I, I think breaking some of those stereotypes are important. The other thing though that's that's a bit interesting to me is, and you said it already, it's like the timing of it. Like you have an 18 yeah. year old who, and, and here's what's wild, man. What I do for a living, I didn't go to school for. And yeah. yet I spent so many years in college, right? Yeah. And I've, I've seen this trend of so many people who they went to school for blank and yet years later, they're doing something totally different. It has nothing to do with their degree, nothing to do with their, you know, yeah. nothing. You know, that's one of the reasons I bought wrongdegree.com too. <laughs> oh, because it's like the most important lessons. I'm going to, I always ask this and the answer is typically the same. Think about the most important lessons or lesson you've learned in life. Did you learn it in the classroom? The answer is always no. And the fact is, it's like, there's so many skills you don't learn how to present properly in school. You communication and you know teamwork. Yeah, you have group project. Group project all it means is two people, one or two people do the work and the rest slack off. That's every group project in college and I have yet to see that. It's rare to ever find a group where everybody works and the professors don't even help you. They're like, "Oh, figure it out." It's like, "I really can't." Mm-hmm. This guy's holding my grade hostage and the guy knows that and he doesn't <laughs> care as much as you. Yeah. And it's like you all these other skills like how to find things, how to be creative, how to hustle, 
all those things you're not going to learn. I'm not saying you don't learn anything in college. I'm just saying that there are important lessons that college cannot teach you. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just say, a different, it's a bubble. Yeah, I, I would say it, you, you will learn a lot, but they will not do a good job of anchoring what you learn to like the actual tangible practical. Now, yeah, what you do have I to do that? You have to do that yourself. Yeah. Uh, unless it's, unless it's like a, unless it's like, you know, obviously I have to go to law school if I'm gonna get yeah. my law degree, unless it's something yeah. like that. But right? you know, interestingly, I spoke to lawyers before and they said, while the law, while you learn a lot in law school, it's so different because let me tell you, there are lawyers who play poker with the judges, the relationships. You don't learn that in law school. There's a lot of bribery. There's a lot, you know, all those things that you just don't learn. There's only so much you can learn. Not, a, not, not saying that law school, you don't learn a lot, but you know, I, I think that there should be many alternatives because I think law school, you go, you pass the bar. In some states, you can actually become a lawyer without a degree because if my thing is, if you can pass the bar without going to school, you are smarter than the people who are going to law school because you're doing right. it yourself. You're picking up books. You're doing independent research. I just think there should be more ways to just become something because yeah, yeah. if you have a, and the thing is, if you don't allow someone who passes the bar to become a lawyer because they need to go to law school, then the bar shouldn't be what they need. You know, it shouldn't be the thing that you need to become a lawyer, right? They should be something mm-hmm. else. They are saying like, this is not good enough to be yeah, a lawyer. Yeah. Well, and let me say that. Let me say, especially for like the listeners, here's, here's yeah. what, here's what we're not saying. I, I'm not saying, you know, college is yeah. bad, wrong. You know, we're, we're not talking about, and even like sometimes I get, man, Janine, I, I have sometimes like 18 year olds who are yeah. so hungry and they're like, man, I think I need to, I've gotten accepted to this university. I have a scholarship. I'm thinking about just dropping out and just chasing my dreams. And I'm like, man, you're, you're passionate and you're energetic, but, but you need to go. Yeah. Yeah. That, you, I'm going to tell them to go. You, you're going for free. Yeah. You don't have any traction there. And, and yeah. really, you don't even, you just feel an energy, but you don't really have a plan. You don't really know what you're yeah, doing. Yeah. Cause that energy, yeah. you know, I, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. That, look, that energy is very different when you're broke. <laughs> you have yes. made zero dollars for two exactly. months. And then you're, you see other people who have a stable job. So right. it's like, if you're, you better have a plan. I don't care what you do, whether you go to school, whether you right. don't want to go to school, you have to have a plan. There's no way around it. Well, and, and, and if, if a listener is listening and thinking like, how dare you? Like, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're attacking our, our greatest institution. You know, keep in mind that we're, you know, we're entrepreneurial here. And like one of the biggest, one of the biggest gems of entrepreneurship is looking at something that's always been done a certain way and saying, hey, maybe there is a different way. Maybe yeah. there is a better way. And maybe there is a, you know, there's, there are multiple paths to, to success. And maybe there's an answer that's different from what yeah. a lot of people think about. Yeah. And you know, it's not, like I said, college, there are plenty of schools that are affordable. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of state colleges. They're affordable, but then you get these schools that are charging 40 grand a year. Yeah. And it's like, think about it from a standpoint, 40 grand. And you know, it's funny. There are professors who teach at state schools and private schools. The classes are just, are different prices, yet it's the same professor. Mm-hmm. And you know, and if you really want to break, go down into price, you have, why does Harvard cost the same as some school middle of a state that people rarely visit that, you know, like a flyover state. Think about it. If you had a Toyota Camry cost the same as a Ferrari, you gonna be like, what are you talking about? But all schools are around the same price. That mm. already signals there's something wrong. If you go to Harvard, you get a different value. You get different name recognition. You get so much more for your bang than if you go to some school that charges the same that no one's ever heard of. Right. So right there, you should be questioning, you know, always question things like, why is it the same price? Are, is the money going to the professors too? Like if you're paying for a class, you're paying for the professor. 
I'm pretty sure you could pay, you could tell the professor, look, I'm going to pay you, the, me and like five guys are going to pay you this much. Can you coach us privately? <laughs> You're probably going to get more value out of that. And then there's some, think about uh-huh. it. Why does an advanced class cost the same as a low-level class? Hmm. Right? They shouldn't. You don't get the same value. Why does your swimming class that's like three credits cost the same as your senior level taught by a world-renowned professor? Again, yeah, you and, really have to question these things. You know, some of this stuff is like the, um, and, and I already know that like there's people who are like, in the upper echelons of society, so to speak, if I can use yeah. that, like obnoxious term, yeah, who they're they're choosing where they're going based on like the brand of it, yeah. the networking I of it, it what have time. you. But I remember it's funny I had forgotten about this. So you just mentioned this when I was in high school. I was thinking about what college I wanted to go to, and I looked at one on the East Coast, and I remember it was it was forty five thousand oh, dollars for a year. And oh, my local university, I had a free ride. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, it's a no brainer. No-brainer. What I what I realized was. And, and again, I'm not knocking any particular yeah, yeah. institution, but I remember talking to people who were coming into college and saying, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you're going. You're, you know, go where you can go, but start focusing on your career rather than worrying about, does this university have what I need? Does it have the yeah. program I need? Chances are it's got it. Yeah, yeah. So look, I will say it does matter to a certain extent where you go, but again, it's a business decision. So let's say that your school is free. The other school was 2K a year. But that school was known for that program. Then I would say, you know what? You're only paying 8K. You get more than 8K difference in value, right? Mm, the other sure. school has more than an 8K premium. But now the thing is, even if the other program is better, but now it's 45K a year, is it worth 200K more? Or can you make it up through other ways? Because, you know, they talk about the networking at these institutions. Like I went to Columbia, right? World-class network. I know how to network for free. And all the best connections I've made were by me going out there, me following up with people, this and that, right? Columbia is just, honestly, it's, it's just like an added bone. They're like, oh, so you're like, you're, I guess you're smart, you know? But the fact is, it's like, you don't, the type of people, you don't need to prove to people you're smart, right? The people who know what you're about, the people who know what you bring to the table, they don't really care where you go, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm helping someone find a job, they're not worried about where I went. They care about whether or not I can get them a job. And if someone has a PhD and they're writing your resume, but they can't get you a job. And you know, it's funny. I've seen people with PhDs and their resumes are terrible. So it's like, you know, there's so many aspects of it. Well, and you know, PhDs are really meaningless. Yeah. I mean, they really are. And I, I say that as a PhD candidate. Yeah. Yeah. It's meaningless. Anyone can have it. Anyone can get, you can pay online and get one. But and, it's tough. And, I'll, I'll say it's tough. Man. Well, I mean, the grind is tough. Yeah, the grind is yeah. tough. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I had some PhD classes that I yeah. for sure was like, it, okay, this is so basic. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, okay. and, but I've had some that were just phenomenal too. But the yeah. point that I'm getting at is if, if, and maybe this is just for the listeners, if you are chasing a degree just to have it, if you're chasing a oh, title just to have so it. so sad. Yeah, you're going to miss it. You know, it's, there there has to be more meat to your plan than the title, the position, yeah. the, you know. Because it's like, okay, you graduate, you get your degree. Then it's like, now what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's literally, right. the, you know, it's like, you know, it's just, just that point. Like, I'll be happy when I make 100K or I'll be happy when I make this amount. You get to it and you're not happy because you're not fixing the core of the problem. Right. And I see it all the time. And, you know, those people end up being the unhappiest. Because they believe that the degree is going to solve all their problems. It's going to bring, this, them, bring them this satisfaction. But that's not what the degree does. The degree is a tool. It's a means right. to an end. It's the channel. And yeah. It's a channel that you can yeah. some For some people, it means getting the degree. Some not. But it's like, 
you know, I just want people to really, really think about it because most people don't think they just sign their life away and they don't realize that when you're, look, 200K in debt, you're, you could be making 200K and you'll still take a long time to pay it off because 200K, right? Then you, let's say you make 200K after taxes, you're losing out like a third of that. Then you got living expenses. Then you've got that. So even if you're cheap, you could pay it off in three years. But most people are not that cheap where they're going to eat rice and beans and microwave ra- uh, ramen, right? It's going to take at, like 10 years and it's just like, it's not the same, right? And, and that's another like really bizarre. I, I remember I gave a presentation on basically like student loans and debt and I was it's like 1.6 to, trillion. Oh, it's ridiculous. But I was talking to some students and it was so funny because I, I, I opened the conversation with how many of you would like to graduate with $20,000 in debt? And, and no student raised their hand because they were like, yeah. heck no, 20 grand. But the professor raised the hand. Yeah. And then I said, how about 30 grand? The professor raised the hand. I said, how about 50 grand? And the professor was like, yeah, yeah, I've, totally. I, that'd be so cheap. And the students were like, you're crazy. Why would you ever? And I was like, and at the time, I can't remember what it was. This would have yeah. been maybe 10 years ago. The average debt was something. I think like the person was on average graduating with like 78 grand in debt. Oh, man. And so even at 50 grand, you're below average. I mean, you're beating yeah. the statistic, but it, it's, it's really strange also how people get locked in the system of now I, I'm, I'm financially basically, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on, on the hook now for these massive. And here's what's really crazy too. And I think, you know, this actually is a strike against universities. I don't think universities do a great job of educating people on the loan process and really what they're getting into. Cause I even had a guy who he spent 80 grand his first year as someone living on campus. And I said, man, how did you do this? And he goes, I don't know. They just kept giving me money. Yeah. And so I just kept, I'm an 18 year old. I just kept, you yeah. know, and it was like, that's the worst. Like you give an 18 year old, you, t- if, if there was a program where it says all 18 year olds can take out 300 grand, let's say they can take out 300 grand to buy a Ferrari and a Ferrari costs 200 grand, I guarantee you Ferrari would raise their price to 300 grand the next day and all 18 year olds would buy it. Oh, and, I, dude, yeah. I remember when I, I was a, so I was, I was an adjunct professor and I was meeting with some other professors and we were trying to figure out how to help this student who yeah. had gotten such a large loan amount that he had somehow taken that cash and bought a brand new car with it and was Catcher. like totally broke was, and we were just, and you know, him just being an idiot, but, but yeah. also all of us trying to figure out like, okay, how do we, how do we help this kid now? Yeah. yeah. This it's like, totally, you know, it's like, it's like giving a two-year-old an iPad. It's like giving them crack. It's like, what do you expect? It's, yeah. you know, you fill out this online form where you check boxes like, Hey, I'm going to, and you don't know. Yeah. I don't I know. Mean, it's yeah, like, you're just like, okay. Know. Yeah. And it's like, the fact is why do all majors cost the same price? You know, an engineering major versus a humanities major is not going to yield the same result. It doesn't pay the same. So it's like, you, you know, I just want people to really think about what they do. Like if I told you, hey, Blake, um, I'm going to open up a deli and I'm going to borrow 100 grand to open up this deli. And you're going to ask me, oh, what experience? Why? Like, oh, no, I just thought it was a cool idea. Like my corner store looks cool. And you're going to be like, you're an idiot. But this is what so many, you know, thousands upon thousands of kids do every year. And it's sad because when they get out, and I talk to people, it's not the majority of people when they hear me, they're like, even people who go, went to law school, they, they feel ripped off by school, you know, which is sort of a bad thing. And it's, it sucks because at one point in the 90s, you didn't pay anything. You could major in music and you could get the best job, right? You could get any job. And now it's like the same degrees. You can't even get like, there are people yeah, well, working I mean, our, the English degrees at Starbucks, right? Yeah, I mean, our, our work our work culture has also changed. And yeah. like, I'm sure you've probably seen this picture. I put it out maybe a few months ago, but it's, um, you know, 
you know, looking for uh, applicants, yeah. paying minimum wage, masters required, you know, and it's kind of like, so I, I can't blame people, especially yeah. our generation and younger feeling ripped off because there are business owners out there who what they're, what yeah. they're developing in terms of requirements are it's totally, ridiculous. it's detached from reality. Yeah. So look, it's different. Yeah. In the nineties, secretaries didn't require college degrees. Now all of a sudden secretaries require college degrees, but it's like, what? I seen job postings where it's like, oh, do the catering, make these phone calls, schedule meetings, this and that. It's like, are you serious? You need to go four years of school for that? Well, there was also, I saw, um, I, mean, I came this on LinkedIn or somewhere, but yeah. it was a job posting for a programming language and it said yeah. 10 years, 10 oh, years yeah. experience. And the language had only been out for like four years. Oh man. You know, you see, oh, I need 10 years of experience in Microsoft Office, you know, 2018. It's like, come on, yeah, you yeah. got to be serious. And the fact is a lot of the secretaries, what they do is they go to these, you know, these BS schools like the University of Phoenix and these other schools where they're online degrees and they get their yeah. degree. So it's like, so you required the degree. They got this BS degree. It's like, what's the point? You would have, they, their time would have been better spent on anything else that would have upskilled them in some other yeah. way. But, but it's, Man, it's and here's the deal. It's I, I empathize because it's it's not it's not anyone's it's not, fault. There, yeah, there, no, no one's no one other than like your voice. Yeah. No one isn't coming alongside and helping. And here's what I've realized: it's it's yeah. not young people. It's not yeah, yeah. fucking maturity wise. Yeah, because yeah. because I can think of how many entrepreneurs I've talked to who've said, yeah. I, "Dude, I just talked to a guy last week. I want to open a restaurant. I want to take out that massive loan. I have zero restaurant experience." Yeah, yeah. And it restaurant happens, and, yeah. and and you know the restaurant industry, man, it's cutthroat. It's, it's cutthroat. Oh it's, my God. The most amazing people are going to fall in their face because it's cutthroat. The margins aren't great and it's yeah. tough. And so you have this guy who's like, Hey, I want to take out, you know, how can I make this business successful? And I'm like, dude, you, you're playing with fire, man. And yeah. he's, he's 45 years old. And so yeah, yeah. there's this weird disconnect where it's, it's not just young people, but yeah, like yeah. people are really all over. Yeah. They're trying to make these big decisions and they're not getting, I don't, I don't know if we're just doing a bad job educating people in general, but it's, it's, it's a mix. Weird. Look, it's a very, look, I could speak three hours on all the thing because it's the parents, right? Because the parent, our parents grew up in a time where all the people around them who went to college got really wealthy, right? Mm. They got really successful because they got the highest job because so few people had it and it was a different time back then and it was cheaper. Now, what happens is, you know, the parents, they'll, they'll be like, hey, why don't you just go up and give your resume to the business, you know, to corporate billing? It's like, dad, I'm going to get hit by security i don't be arrested like they give advice that was meant for that time like you have john d rockefeller he got a job because of his handwriting today your handwriting is not going to get you the same job right yeah and Unless your application is going to get read by a, a bot that's either yeah. going to put you in the pile of read read again yeah. or throw you in the shredder it's just going to sh throw you in the shredder so it's like they they give it they think about the time so now what happens is so the parents are actually one of the biggest culprits the parents and employers those two have the most power so the parents say, my kid has to go to college. I see so many parents. My kid has to go to college. And it's like, why? No, he has to go because, oh, their kid goes, you know, I know successful people. Now, the issue is high schools have to respond to parents. So if the high school gets pushback because if a high school is seen as, oh, they pushed the kid not to go to college. Oh, no, I can't send little Timmy there. I got to send him to the other school that has this enrollment because the high schools are so focused on the numbers because who cares about the numbers? The parents, right? And that affects their enrollment. Enrollment affects their funding. So the parents right. have a big impact. Now, parents send it because they hear unique employers require jobs. So now it's the employers who require them. All the employers that require a bachelor for every secretary position is at fault. Because the secretary does not need a bachelor's to be to do what they do, 
right? And the thing is, all these old industries are really at fault because tech has realized like, screw this. If I want the 19-year-old who developed an app at 17, I can't put him in college and lock him in a cage. I need to nurture that talent. I need, I need to get him early. So well, tech dude, has realized. Well, and that's, man, that's, that is such a mind-blowing call out right there of you're, you're talking about an industry that has exploded yeah. in the last 10 years, probably to the point where it's overvalued. But, but yeah. I think you're so spot on. It's, it, and it's that willingness to innovate beyond what we've always done. Yeah. Exactly and what you, you're saying. And you know, the beauty of it is, because I, I, I do a talk about this called the future of education. Historically, you needed centers of learning, right? You needed everybody to be in the same. There was no internet. And even when there was internet, it was not everybody had access. And I'm pretty sure you remember dial up. You couldn't download, you couldn't watch a YouTube video. It'd take like <laughs> a whole week. And then yeah. someone picks up the phone and you're done. So it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so I'm dating myself. I'm not too old. Uh, but so you had, you needed these centers of learning, right? You needed like the books and the line, but now it's like things are moving online, right? And the beauty of it is as things move online, it becomes more accessible. So if you have someone in a wheelchair, yes, he can physically go to university, but it's not the same experience for that person because it takes him two, three times as long to go to classes. They have to figure out which entrance they can use and which buildings they can go through and go some, they have like underground tunnels. For that person, when they learn online, they get a better experience so they don't have to adjust their day. You know, you give someone like ADD, you, you can't put someone with that like in a three-hour lecture. They, then they have to make sure, oh, I have to take my meds this time or this and that. You know, maybe for them, they need to do blocks, right? Some people just learn differently. So I like the fact that things are moving online and it allows flexibility to, for people to learn different ways. And in tech, I love that at the end of the day, it's like, look, can you code? Can you do this project? That's all that matters. It doesn't matter how you got it and we can yeah. quantify it. So the fact that degrees are required shows an inability of industries to qualify their candidates. So they qualify them by having other institutions who still aren't good at qualifying candidates, right? Because at the end of the day, most managers don't know what, what is a good job. So then they just hire people from school. It's like, well, that kid went to this school. He majored. He must have been good. And that's yeah. not right. Just you have to have like concrete ways and there are ways to evaluate, but it requires managers and employers to be good at what they do. And most mm -hmm. of the time they're not good at evaluating people at how they do. Yeah. And I mean, I literally just talked to a guy two days ago who he was talking about how he's evaluating his employees and he had like, man, it was like a calculus equation. He was like, yeah. I got this scale and it's like from one to 11. And if they do this, there are three. And I, and I was like, man, your, your, people are, your people have no idea how they're judged, how yeah, they're evaluated, yeah. because I can't even make sense of the system. In your yeah, mind, he, it makes sense, but... Yeah, and it's like a lot of people have these archaic systems, like, you know, even like the time, oh, you know, someone who, I need someone who comes in early to work, all right? And I asked him why, because, oh, this early shows this and it shows this, shows this. It's like, why don't you just ask them to show that, right? They always use proxies, like the degree mm. to show something else. Why don't you evaluate on that something else? If you want someone who, like a programmer, right? They want, they, they, they want so many things, but then they realize like at the end of the day, if you can develop the app, it doesn't matter what time you come in. It doesn't matter, right? So they try to evaluate some skills based on other factors, but those other factors are easier to quantify. It's easy to quantify when someone comes to work. It's easy to quantify when someone leaves work. The harder thing to do is to quantify how productive they are, but there are ways to do that. It just, it's not a punch in, punch out, mm -hmm. right? Because I see so many people, you know, who's like, yes, they always come in early to work. They'll leave, at, they'll leave on time, but they're not good workers. And then you get the guy who comes in late, but when he's at work, 
the guys, you know, automating things, yeah. doing this and that. Here, here's the story that will blow your mind. I just read this last week or yeah. the week before. A woman asked, she said, hey, I want to know, I have this one employee who, and they're all hourly. She's got like 10 people. Yeah. This one employee who she finishes, he finishes his work around noon. And then the afternoon, I, I catch him like watching Netflix, yeah, yeah. catch him like, you know, playing on yeah. his phone, all this stuff. I want to know if I need to fire him because he's the, everyone else works the whole day. Yeah. I just don't know what to do. Yeah. And the, and I, I can't remember if this was on Cora or wherever yeah. this was, but the comment, the, the reply was just genius. Yeah. It said, so basically what you care about is someone working the whole day, clocking in in the morning and clocking in, clocking out in the evening. And what you're doing really is you say he's the only one who finishes faster than everyone else. So really everyone else you, is bad. <laughs> well, and exactly. Or you have you have everyone else who's figured out if you know if I finish yeah. early or I do a better job, it's gonna I'm gonna be punished for it. Yeah. And so you have a guy who basically is too naive to realize how to play the game. Yeah. And, and so when you when you think of it that way, now okay, it's actually less about the clock in time or even yeah. the work hour time. What it's more about is. If this person can complete this much work and do it good in four hours, how do I now scale that in a way that makes my business even more profitable, even more yeah. successful, instead of being so addicted to, you know, yeah. it's got to be these hours, it's got to be like this, you know, what have you. So, you know what I would, and this is how I would approach it. Look, give the guy two options. You say, look, you can go home at noon and finish your work if you want. Or look, if you want to do more work, I can double your salary. Or what do you want to do? That's but, how you do that. But but people don't get that last yeah. one. They say, "Oh, I'm going to double your work." Well, why would no. I pay you more? And no, they no, don't. No. They they're detached from that for some reason. And the and the thing is, what's going to happen is, look, you let if he let if he chooses to go home early. Now what happens is, do you think he's ever going to look for another job? He gets his work done in three four hours. He gets paid. He gets to do his stuff. You think he's ever going to leave? You know how much turnover costs businesses when you have to right. hire someone again and you have to retrain? Business owners don't focus on the hidden costs that mm -hmm. they incur. They focus on the things, oh, I can see he's not working for three hours. That's all they can see. You don't realize that when he leaves, now you got to retrain someone. They probably will take, they may even take two days to get the same amount of work done. So you actually save money by having him work a half day versus hiring someone else who clocks in and doesn't get the work done. But man, it feels like, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm literally working with business owners. It, it feels like people, they lack the long-term thinking there. Like yeah. you're talking about playing the long game. And, yeah. and I don't mean that in a superficial way. It's just, it's understanding, okay, it's actually more profitable for me over the course of a year than it is to really ride this person over their hourly wage. Yeah, and, it's and also the long game, but it's also a lot of business owners tend to have an ownership mentality in that they think they own their employees. And the fact is, you know, I was there's this famous TED talk. He said he succeeded as a comedian when he realized his role was his his role wasn't to get laughs; it was to give laughs. Business owners who realize that employees, that they're giving employees something and employees are giving them something, they're the ones who really make it, they make it better. They're the ones who get the most value. But business owners who purely see as clock in and they're looking to take out of their employees, I'm looking to take someone who does this. They just cannot think long-term, right? They may think long-term about themselves, but they cannot think long-term in terms of what's best in the long run. Well, and so what's, what's even weird about that, man, there's a, I see a lot of ego and it's, it's, it's 
almost like this really frustrated uh, boss who's like, you know, you owe me this, you know, yeah. you owe me. And, and in some ways, like I get, it. it's not a charity. I get it. Yeah, it's yeah, a business. Course. You know, there's, there should be accountability and there should be expectations yeah, yeah. and your people should do a great job. But like, you know, here's a, here's a great way to think of it. I don't know if you saw this, but there was the, um, the real estate company who gave out uh, $10 million in Christmas bonuses to their yeah, employees. Yeah, I heard, I heard that. $50,000 per employee. Yeah, yeah. wild. Because they said, yeah, you guys yeah. did a great job. Here's your bonus. Well, so I started talking about this concept. Yeah. And what I felt oh. was another owner was like, well, why would I need to give a bonus to my employees? They, they owe me 110%. I shouldn't have to monetize that. They, they, don't, owe you, they don't owe you anything. And exactly. And it's, it's, it's like framing, it's reframing your thinking into understanding yeah. like, yeah, no, it's not a charity. No, you're not just, you know, doing something that they'll roll, you know, they'll, they'll walk all over you. But understanding that your salary or your hourly wage that you pay them is the least yeah. of what you can be doing for them. Yeah. Not like your God's gift to their life because you gave yeah. them a job. And it's, it, I see that so much. It's like, first of all, no one owes you 110%, right? They only owe you what you pay them, right? Yeah. So that's really, they, nobody owes you more than that. Now, if you want to get more out of your employees, you give more. And the fact is you can pay your employees in more ways than just salary. Let's say, I don't know if you have kids, people. So if people have kids and you know, hey, I'll let them come in later so they can drop their kids off at school so they don't have to arrange this. That's a way of not paying them, but you're paying in salary, but you're paying them in convenience, mm -hmm. right? So having work flexibility, again, for some people, that's, I, if you ask me, people would easily take a 10% pay cut to be able to work from home. You see that mm -hmm. all the time. And again, it just, now they get more sleep more better rested employees are all productive, right? They productive. So it's like yeah. all these things you really got to figure out. And the fact is employers need to have honest conversations because people prefer different things. Some mm -hmm. people prefer to leave at noon or some people prefer to make double the salary, everybody, depending on their lifestyle, depending on their needs and employers, if you want to get the most out of your business, you got humans come first, mm -hmm. right? The tech is important, all that stuff, but it's the humans who really take yourself to the next level. They're the ones who keep the business well oiled, you know, just like a car, you got to lube it, you got to treat it, you got to maintain it. You got to make sure that you do the things. And it's like, it's your business. And if you don't do that, like I said, you're just training your employees to go to your competitor. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're going to thank you because yeah. your, your competitors are going to thank you for giving them your talent, basically. Yeah. And, and look, people like, I'm not saying everybody, there's some people who are like terrible employees, but good employees, they'll value you. They'll be like, look, I really, they'll stay at places for extra, you know, because look, it's not worth a raise if you're going to lose so many other benefits, if you mm. know. So it's like, you know, employees are leaving because it's like, look, they're not happy. I remember I worked at this place. And I got all my work done. I used to automate things. I used to do all that. And, you know, I did a lot of things that other people had not done before. Now, this was like a contractor for the government. So I let me tell you, I'm not a morning person. And that's one of the reasons I'm an entrepreneur. I don't like waking up early. And I used to come late every day, but I would stay later, right? I, I'd make sure it's not like I stay, I used to clock in, clock out. I used to make sure I met my hours and I did work during those hours. I got a note saying, hey, that you're supposed to come in at this time this long lunch. And, the, and then from that day, I was like, look, all right, I'm looking for my next position. Mm -hmm. So they cared so much about this strict timing and this and that. When it's like, you lost an employee. Now you got to hire again. Now you got to do the other stuff. Now it's like, why? 
you, you know, that's what happens. You, you pay, and it's definitely more than, I think it costs like 30% of a employee salary to hire. So you're saying that it's worth, oh, it was man, worth it I've, for you. I've heard something, I've heard something yeah. even larger. I've heard, you know, even percentages over a hundred percent in terms yeah. of, in terms of not just the pure cost to hire, yeah, but yeah. like the time, the time yeah. it takes in terms of what you're paying that person's salary the time it takes for that person to get back to where the previous employee yeah. was in terms of product. If they can ever, if they can ever it, get to the Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you know what's crazy is I was talking to somebody just last week who they said, you know, man, we're hurting because we lost this talent and we really couldn't lose this talent because we didn't have a way to replace this person, but they've left now and now we're now we're stuck. And so that's that's where the, the cost really gets painful is where yeah. it's not even a it's not even an equation of training a person. It's like it's like now you have to also find that person who was just as hungry, who was yeah. just curious, innovative, and, and and the cost of that. Sometimes people can't pay that. You can't. Yeah. You can't put a price tag on that. Yeah, and then it's like, could you have paid the employee more? Right. It's like there's so many things. Could you have? Did you do your part to get the keep the employee? Sometimes you literally can't because there are the opportunities they have elsewhere. But it, it's also another thing for your business that you shouldn't have to rely on such a rock star for your business to run. Cause even if he doesn't leave, he could pass away, whatever. There's so many reasons why he could get hurt, whatever. There's so many or he or she. So it's like, you can't rely like a good business does not need a right. They have good execution, good processes, but they shouldn't need like a key person, especially if you're a business owner, unless you're that key person. And even then you should always have a succession plan. You should always totally. have like a way because you, a successful business is one where people can be removed and other people can come in and it can still obviously doesn't have to work the same, but it still has to be able to run, right? It still has to move. Yeah. Well, I mean, credit, credit to Steve Jobs and Apple. I mean, yeah. he died and Apple's still around. Same yeah, thing yeah, with yeah. Sam Walton and Walmart. I mean, Walmart yeah. is doing better than ever. Yeah. Right? yeah and so yeah. I, I think you're spot on. And same I same thing. Know. Bill Gates left Microsoft and now they're, yeah. you know, it's like, look, yeah, obviously crush it. you got to be able to, move right imagine if bill gates left microsoft and all of a sudden it just tanked it's like come yeah. on, what'd you well do? and there's there's some great stories i mean rubbermaid rubbermaid's yeah. a great example rubbermaid went bankrupt it doesn't exist anymore it, all yeah. that exists is the brand that someone else bought wow interesting. Yeah, it's not around and it's because the ceo who was a total rock star they went from from literally on the top of fortune's most admired companies to bankrupt sold off gone within seven years of him leaving that's crazy i mean it's just wild and, and to your point on like if your business can't survive because of this one person, you know, it's funny. I was, I talked to a guy who was a business owner. This guy was all sorts of crazy, but he had a, an employee who was pregnant who needed to go yeah. on maternity leave. And he was asking me for advice, which I don't do any kind of like HR consulting, yeah. but he was asking for advice on how can I deny her, her maternity yeah. leave, which, which I was just like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Like take care <laughs> of your people. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the thing he said was, I, I literally cannot survive without her here. And I said, if that is true, your business is broken. It is if you broken. Need, if you need this person to the point that you would deny their maternity leave, your business is broken. But, it is broken. But it's a blow to your ego, right? It's yeah. tough to hear that. Nit. What's easier is I'm going to just hire out another person. I'm going to just hire, you know, I'm going to look for ways to get around this instead of actually thinking about the long game. Yeah. And I think same thing. It's like, so let's go back to the earlier point you know, we talked about the degrees and the education. Again, no matter what decisions you do, think about the long game, whether you're in business, whether you're getting a degree, your life partner, all that stuff, these big decisions that impact you for the rest of your life. Think about the long game because the long game, it's no matter what, the people who play the long game 
are the ones who win. The people who sort of look, even your health wise, right? Whether you want that chocolate cake or not, right? That's a long game thing. I mean, it's a tough long game, but it's a long game. And over time, eventually you will, it does come back to bite you. Yeah. Janaid Iqbal on the podcast today. Janaid, you have just crushed it. I can't believe we're out of time. Like I, I we're going to have to talk again at some point Let's and get go. more of the story of uh, nodegree.com. I, yeah, no, look, I, I have, I could talk for a while. Uh, appreciate you. Thank you for having a good conversation. I hope to the, thank you to the audience, whoever listens to this. If you want to get in touch with me, uh, you can check out the No Degree podcast on nodegree.fm. I'm on LinkedIn. I think he'll put in the show notes. Uh, feel free to send me a, you know, just send me a personalized request. I get so many requests. So if you to- told me that, Hey, you listen to this episode, that's the best way to get my attention. And I appreciate you. Yeah. For the listeners, I'll put uh, the links to the LinkedIn, notogre.com and the podcast. That'll all be in the episode description. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to drop a five-star review, share with the podcast with a friend of yours or, or subscribe to the podcast itself if you haven't yet. Janiad, thanks again, man. And I appreciate you. And for the listeners, we will catch you next time. See ya. See ya.